0: The January 6th commission takes place, or should I really call it a clown show? Because that's basically what it was. But you also have Twitter that suspended several accounts related to the audits that were taking place in several different states. And finally, the ADL partners with PayPal. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. The William Hall Show is brought to you by the Second Amendment Jerky Company. That's what I have right here. It is absolutely delicious. If you are a fan of beef jerky, I promise that you will absolutely love this product. And the mission statement behind it is very simple. For every bag of beef jerky that you buy, a portion of that is donated to a reputable organization that supports American gun owners. It's as simple as that, delicious jerky going to a great cause. It's a lot better by the way than giving your money to a grocery store or a gas station or some other place like that. And we know that these gun advocacy groups can use as much support as possible. So this is a great product that helps get it out there. And the thing is too, with all of this being said, the best part of this is that it ships for absolutely free. So I promise that you will enjoy this product. It not only helps to support the second amendment, but it also supports the William Hall show as well. It helps me to do what I love doing here as well. So with all of that being said, remember to go to 2ajerky.com to support the second. Again, that's 2ajerky.com to support the second. All right. Welcome back to the show. You'll have to bear with me for a little bit. I'm kind of dealing with some allergies right now, but kind of getting into what we're talking about here. So January 6th, this is the commission that was headed up by Nancy Pelosi. She is the main one that has been trying to do this, put this commission together. And from the very beginning, I, along with everyone else that has any common sense knew that this commission was purely going to be used as a way to attack Republicans. There was no way that this commission could have been used to actually objectively look at what was going on that day. No, of course that couldn't be the case. It was used as an attempt to slam Trump, to continue to bring Trump's name back into the light because they can't let that go. So we have to keep that in mind as far as what was taking place. Now, we all know what took place on January 6th. I've covered it. I've talked about it on Gab several times, but what you had is this commission uh, taking place. And to be honest with you, it was an entire clown show. It was a joke. It was entirely a joke. I don't understand how anybody else could see it that way because it was all set up. Everything was so scripted that it didn't even come off as genuine whatsoever. So to start off, the, the big talking point of all of this is that they had several officers that were coming up. Now, these are all these Capitol Police officers that were there to basically say, oh, it was the worst thing that happened in my entire life. And they only had, I think, four of these guys or four or five of these guys talk about this. But so we're going to kind of go through a few of these people, the, the more notable ones in this whole situation. So the first guy that we're uh, kind of looking at is this uh, guy, Officer Fanone. And he was the one that got extremely upset that people were apparently downplaying this event.
1: What makes the struggle harder and more painful is to know so many of my fellow citizens, including so many of the people I put my life at risk to defend are downplaying or outright denying what happened. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. My law enforcement career prepared me to cope with some of the aspects of this experience. Being an officer, you know your life is at risk whenever you walk out the door. Even if you don't expect otherwise law abiding citizens to take up arms against you. But nothing, truly nothing, has prepared me to address those elected members of our government who continue to deny the events of that day, and in doing so, betray their oath of office. So first of all, no
0: one's downplaying the events of January 6th. What you have are Democrats hyping them up, okay? That's what's typically taking place because we know what actually took place there, but what you're having is the Democrats that are trying to say, oh, well, it was so much worse than you could ever have imagined. It was worse than the Civil War. I would assume that that's what you would call hyping up an event. Because you're literally saying it was worse than 9-11. You're saying it's worse than Pearl Harbor. Joe Biden was the one making these claims, not me. So when you have this happening, what they're trying to say is, hey, you remember that one event that happened over here? This is worse. This is a terrorist attack. They're using that language, this targeted language, to make this event out to be significantly worse than what it actually was. Keep in mind, once again, that these people that were there were unarmed. Nobody had any guns or brought any guns with them or anything like that. So the way that they're trying to spin this narrative is not going to work. Now, the main clip that everybody's talking about is from this officer, Harry Dunn. And this is this uh, black Capitol Police officer. And honestly, you just have to look at this. You you tell me, does this seem like something a genuine police
2: officer would say? I told him to just leave the Capitol. And in response, they yelled, no, man, this is our house. President Trump invited us here. We're here to stop the steal. Joe Biden is not the president. Nobody voted for Joe Biden. I'm a law enforcement officer, and I do my best to keep politics out of my job. But in this circumstance, I responded. Well, I voted for Joe Biden. Does my vote not count? Am I nobody? That prompted a torrent of racial epithets one woman in a pink MAGA shirt yelled, You hear that, guys? This nigga voted for Joe Biden. Then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming, Boo! Fuck no one had ever, ever called me a nigger while wearing the uniform of a Capitol police officer. In the days following the attempted insurrection, other black officers shared with me their own stories of racial abuse on January 6. One officer told me he had never, and in his, his entire 40 years of life, been called a to his face. And that streak ended on January 6th. Yet another black officer later told me he had been cr- confronted by insurrectionists in the Capitol who told him, put your gun down and we'll show you what kind of you really are to be candid the rest of the afternoon is a blur. All right. So I'll
0: take things that didn't happen for 200 Alex. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm hearing here. Seriously, because what you, the first question that I had to ask is where is the proof of this? Now there was other guys, the, the other police officers that were actually reporting on this situation. They had body cam footage to show people. To say, oh, they, I was getting pushed against this or that or whatever. Okay, they have body camera footage. This guy, we know for a fact. I guarantee you had a body cam that has audio, records everything. Nothing. We they showed no body cam footage, nobody to corroborate this story. It's just this guy talking and saying this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. I got caught me names. So I'm not really buying this right now because this guy would say whatever it took to do that. Now, even if. Even if he was called these names, let's take into consideration the fact that we know for a fact that there were absolutely people from Antifa that were on site there, people with BLM that were on site there that were trying to stir up the the, the scene, essentially. They were they were literally, uh, there was a guy that uh, several people actually talked to uh, that was an Antifa member, and he was there basically to try and tell people, hey guys, let's, let's go beat up police officers, let's go do this, let's go do that. And all of these Trump supporters around him were like, hey, why would we do that? Like, we respect the police. What? Why would we want to do that? I mean, that's the real difference you're seeing here is that we have actual evidence. We actually have video footage showing these Antifa people going in and trying to stir up the violence or pretend to be fake news media and just so many other problems that were going on. And meanwhile... All of these things are, di- are completely ignoring the, the truth on the ground. and And the fact is, is that Ashley Babbitt was the only person that was shot and killed that day as a result of something that took place during the events of January 6th. Now, one of the police officers was was bringing up this Signet uh, guy, or Signet guy, one of these other police officers there that died that day, but that was not because of the protest. The guy actually w- had a heart attack or something uh, related to that, so it had nothing to do with the riots. It was actually a day after or a couple of days after that he actually died. So once again, it's just absolutely not reporting the truth on what actually took place there. But the thing is is that what the Democrats want you to see, they want you to see that this police officer and all of these police officers are so unbiased. They want you to believe that these guys have no agenda whatsoever, but let's look at the facts. Okay. Well, here's a picture right here that I'm showing you. If you're watching on the video version of what's that looks like officer Dunn holding up. What looks like a BLM, a black lives matter poster with a black lives matter sign in the background. Yeah. This doesn't look like an unbiased guy. Oh, Oh wait, let's look at this as well. If, if you're uh, w- once again, watching on the, or listening on the, on the audio, you see the same guy, standing with none other than Nancy Pelosi. So this guy isn't some bastion of unbiased behavior. He's good friends with Nancy Pelosi. He clearly is a supporter of Black Lives Matter. And that's not all. This guy is actually on Twitter. Several posts that he's made literally were justifying the riots that took place last year. The same riots, mind you, in case some of you may have forgotten, that killed or were responsible for the death of David Dorn, Officer David Dorn, which was the black... Uh, the black guy that was uh, killed that was a officer okay he was protecting his friend's business who also was black as well and got killed by one of the rioters that day and this guy had no problem with that because he was basically making the statements that all the left wing people were making at the time that well these riots are justified it's perfectly fine it's understandable why people would be so upset at us and he had no problem with David Orr getting shot and killed as a result of that because he said it was perfectly fine. What's the issue with that? And this guy also had a bunch of other extremely, let's just say, uh, not very good tweets that uh, that were out there as well that aren't so important to this issue. But the point is, is that the guy, honestly, if he knew that he was going to be coming up there, spinning all these lies, he maybe he should have pri- or tried to private his Twitter account or something. Because... The second that this took place, people went digging up stuff and then lo and behold, this guy is a terrible person, a liar, and also an activist with BLM, which means that everything that he's saying is a complete lie and nobody really is going to believe it whatsoever. And I can't really blame them for that. But the thing is, is that officers actually died in those situations with the BLM riots that caused, by the way, $2 billion worth of damage last year. And... He's justifying it. So these people could uh, clearly care less about these, these problems that are going on. So the other thing that we need to look at here is that the mainstream media knows for a fact what's going on and the officers and everybody that's in a part of this sham trial or this uh, sham commission, they know as well that they can say whatever they want because the mainstream media is not going to check them on it. They're not going to fact check. They're not going to do anything like that. They're going to let them say whatever they want and they're not going to ask for any more information. Even though we had body cam footage of other officers, they know the mainstream media is not going to ask for the same thing from them. So they can say whatever they want. Now, keep in mind also, I didn't say it. They have admitted that they have 14,000 hours of security surveillance footage from January 6th alone, and not a minute of that has been released. None of it. So if my thought is, is that if you want to prove this stuff to be the case, show us the footage, release the footage. But I think we know exactly why they didn't release the footage because now they don't have an actual excuse at all. They can just say whatever they want to say and just get away with a lie. Because once again, the mainstream media could care less about what they're actually talking about. Now, the thing is, too, is that Democrats can literally say whatever they want. They're going to get away with it no matter what they do. These are the same people, by the way, that were preaching defund the police. They were the ones that were telling you that we need to cut the budgets of these police officers and, and abolish the police. They were the same ones saying entirely get rid of them. Let's go to a community policing thing where everybody works together to try and support or protect the community. They're the same ones also that were going along with the Russia hoax and everything else. So I'm not really uh, going along with their narrative here. It, it isn't going to fly. I don't think with anybody that's seen the way that these people behave. It's, it's purely a lie designed Purely to be a lie. And the thing is, is that the liberals that are out there on Twitter specifically are the ones that are telling everybody, well, you know, it's you guys that were saying back to blue and now you're saying these officers are horrible and blah, 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 blah. Listen, back to blue has nothing to do with believing that officers in somewhere are infallible. Men, people in general are not perfect. Back to blue never meant everything a police officer does must be always a good thing. What it meant was is that these guys, by and large, are extremely courageous people that are doing a good thing that are willing to put their life on the line for you. So the best thing to do is yes, there are going to be bad actors. Nobody said there won't be bad actors. The part of these people right here are bad actors. And there's been others, but some of the ones that haven't fit the narrative get entirely off the hook. They don't, nobody says anything about them because maybe the person that didn't get treated correctly in a situation was white, and the mainstream media never covered it, like the Tony Timba situation, for example. They don't want to talk about that at all. But the point is, is that it's a, it's a general idea of saying, but these people, yeah, we should weed out the bad ones, sure, but these people. Are by and large good people that are doing a good thing. It has nothing to do with to say that we can't criticize an officer just because somebody is uh, going along with Back the Blue or something like that. It just, it's once again the left trying to kind of shoehorn in a specific talking point and it doesn't work. It doesn't work with anybody that has any logical reasoning behind what they believe. Now, the thing is, is that what the Democrats are doing right now is saying that they are perfect. And that's the difference. If you look at who has changed this related Democrats in this situation right? Because they were the ones that said, okay, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all these things. Police are horrible. They're all bad. They're all, uh, I mean, the ACAB, we've heard that before. They're the ones that have been saying that police officers are the worst thing ever. And now they're saying, well, these few, because they agree with us, are not, oh, they're not just possibly right. They're perfect. Everything that they're saying right now is 100% correct and accurate, even though we don't have any proof to back up any of it. They're the ones that really changed here. Because they're the same ones that'll be the first ones to cut their job in a heartbeat. This is no different than the Me Too movement, where it's believe all police officers, when it fits the narrative. Believe all of these these women, when it fits the narrative. The second that it doesn't, it goes nowhere. Remember Tara Reid, right? The lady that accused Biden of sexually assaulting her. uh, Where did that story go? What happened to believe all women? Oh wait, they don't care because it was against themselves, the protected class of Biden and, and other Democrats. So all of a sudden, you see the narrative shift entirely. But once again, these are also the same people that told you that the riots last year were peaceful protests. Many of you remember the clip from CNN where the guy was reporting on the news in the uh, right outside of the rise there. And he's there's literally the little uh, lower third saying that these are peaceful, mostly peaceful protests. And you look in the back and there's a car on fire. I mean, we remember the dichotomy of that and, and laugh at it now, but that's kind of what they're doing today. And we can see these people will call whatever it is they need to call it just to fit the narrative itself. That's all that really matters to these people. Now, the thing is that several of the people that were on this commission, of course, had to have their Oscar moment. They had to to prove that they were the best actors in this entire situation. So I think the best Oscar award or the best acting reaction Oscar goes to uh, Kitzinger, which uh, I'll just let you see this here for yourself.
1: He
3: thank you, Mr. Chairman. And uh, thank you to my colleagues on the committee. Thank you to our witnesses. Uh, I never expected a day to be <clears throat> quite as emotional for me as it has been. Uh, I've talked to a number of you and gotten to know you. I think it's important to tell you right now, though. You guys may like individually feel a little broken. You guys all talk about the effects you have to deal with, and you know you talk about the impact of that day. But you guys won. <laughs> You guys held. You know, democracies are not defined by our bad days. We're defined by how we come back from bad, de- bad days, how we take accountability for that. And for all the overheated rhetoric surrounding this committee, our mission is very simple. Let's find the truth and it's to ensure accountability. Like most Americans, I'm frustrated that six months after a deadly insurrection breached the United States.
0: All right, so this couldn't be a more fake reply or response to this entire situation. I mean, come on. It's just a clown show. It's a joke. It has to be a joke at this point because these people cannot be taken seriously whatsoever. Like I said, this is all about trying to draw on the emotions, trying to make everything seem as if it's worse than it actually was. Once again, it's not about people downplaying it. It's about them hyping it up to the point that they're acting and behaving like this. Now, keep in mind that uh, this guy was brought onto the committee because they actually, or Nancy Pelosi actually kicked Jim Jordan off by the way. And Jim Jordan got kicked off because he was the one that was ax- asking Nancy Pelosi, the common sense questions about this entire thing. Like, I don't know why was the national guard never called in? Why were uh, reinforcements not called in? Why is it that if you knew the response or you knew that this would possibly happen as they've alluded to before, that no, no, Uh, uh, additional resources were sent to the Capitol. Nothing happened. And yet we're supposed to believe that this was just some thing that happened by chance. That's not really what this is. We have so much video footage of the police officers letting the people into the Capitol, letting them in, open the doors and just stood right by. I would imagine that if they didn't want them to get in, that they just wouldn't get in there. But there was uh, several videos. The the main one that everyone saw was the Q Shaman guy, and he's going into the Capitol building floor. And, I mean, the police officers couldn't be more cordial with him. I mean, they're like, hey, this is – how you doing, man? Like, this is awesome. Yeah, usually there's some people over here. I mean, this does not look like – a situation that uh you would expect it to be this is not an insurrection this looks very much to me like something that the democrats wanted to happen so they could go back later and then say whatever they want to say about it like we're seeing right now and then you have these reactions that's what's going on um but that is really the big point to drive home here is that this entire thing the democrats wanted to happen they needed it to happen And the reason why they needed it to happen is because once this took place, it was used as the justification to ban Trump from Twitter, from Facebook, from Instagram, from all the uh, money sites. I mean, everything that was what was used to justify Trump's banning all over the place before he was even really legitimately out of office. And it was also what was used to take down Parler because Parler was taking over traffic for Twitter. It was. Parlor was the number one in the app store at the time, and boom, it got taken down after that because they said it was being organized on Parlor. What do they mean by organization? Well, typically, if you're organizing something, maybe you should have a groups feature. Maybe you should have a group messaging feature. Well, guess what? Parlor didn't have any of those things. Parlor has no group messaging. There's no way to coordinate anything on Parlor, it's impossible. And then we had stories come out later after the fact, maybe a month later where they said, Oh, well actually Facebook and Twitter were actually majorly responsible for what took place on January 6th, but their platforms aren't banned. Oh wait. Cause they're protected companies. They're they're in the pocket of the Democrats. <laughs> Why would they get their stuff banned? That's where you're seeing the, the difference here. They treat the conservative sides a certain way, then all of a sudden the big tech, once again, continues to get protected. So Adam Schiff as well, as much as I hate hearing from this guy, uh, once again, he also had to copy the whole thing Kissinger was doing and also get really
4: emotional. I'd like to think, uh, uh, as Amanda Gorman so eloquently said, uh, that we're not broken, we're just unfinished. Because if we're no longer committed to a peaceful transfer of power, after our elections, uh, if our side doesn't win, then God help us. If we deem elections illegitimate merely because they didn't go our way, rather than trying to do better the next time, then God help us. And if we're so driven by bigotry and hate that we attack our fellow citizens as traitors, if they're born in another country or they don't look like us, And God help us. But I have faith because of folks like you. And uh, Adam, I didn't expect this would be quite so emotional either, but it's, it must be an Adam thing today. Uh, but I'm so grateful to all of you. And with that, Mr. Chairman, I yield back.
0: See, I might maybe just possibly believe that their emotions were real. If- Democrats haven't lied so much in the past. And this is what he's doing right now. is a complete acting, fake, acting lie right now. Because I remember in 2016 when Democrats were saying the same thing Republicans are saying right now. Many people don't want to wanna even know about any of this. And I and, and if you're seeing this, save this clip because it's so important. I, I think it needs to stay here. Because anytime that Democrats come at Republicans or anything and say, you know what. What you guys are saying about this past election is unsubstantiated. You have no proof of anything. Okay, show
4: them this clip right here. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable.
0: Our researchers have repeatedly de- demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tampering.
2: Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines
5: in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller
3: of voting machines is doing something that violates cybersecurity 101 directing that you install remote access software which would make a machine like that you know a
1: magnet for fraudsters and hackers these voting machines can be hacked quite easily you could
3: easily hack into them it makes it seem like all these states are doing different things but in fact three companies are controlling this it is the individual voting machines that some pose that pose some of the greatest risk
5: there are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines right, which are vulnerable to being hacked.
1: Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting
3: machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors.
1: We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know that hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly.
5: I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol, um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines, Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Aging systems
3: also frequently rely on unsupported software, like Windows XP and 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack.
1: In a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state or maybe one or two or maybe just a few counties in one swing state
5: i'm very concerned that you could have a hack that finally went through
0: so there you have it those are the 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 typical actors that you see in the democrat party that are saying the same stuff by the way that people are saying right now conservatives are saying right now about the past 20 uh 2020 election So I really don't want to hear it from them. I really don't. I I have no sympathy at this point for people that literally were doing the same thing just a few years earlier, just because it fit their specific narrative at the time. Now, the thing too, with all of this is that Twitter has now suspended all of the election audit accounts, all the, all the election war room accounts that were on Twitter. And this was, uh, Arizona. You had several other ones in there as well. Um, but all of them just all at the same time gone poof. Now, to me, my first reaction to it was obviously they're scared. I mean, why would you ban them if they were, if you're not worried about them to some degree? Clearly, they were because we already saw from the previous uh, hearing about the Arizona audit that information had come out showing clearly that there were tons and tons of discrepancies that they don't want to talk about whatsoever. Now, this was done, by the way, just weeks before the Arizona's final audit report was set to come out, and that multiple st- states were actually going to start their own up. So you clearly see them trying to change this this narrative right now, and that starts with banning the Twitter accounts, as usual. Now, the thing, too, is that, uh, once again, we, we, you have 74,000 ballots, by the way, and this is from the Maricopa audit, 74,000 ballots with no clear chain of custody. You also have 11,000 votes uh, being added to the voter rolls after the election. Okay, There were even tons of duplicate ballots as well, things that they don't want to talk about. You had Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia were all finding discrepancies in their own counties as well. This is the reason why they're getting taken down right now. It's because they don't want this information to come out. They don't want anybody to know about this. Twitter's permanent removal of these accounts um, at this time demonstrates that the audit results coming out are right on target, at least in my opinion. That's what I think, because they are clearly showing something that they don't want people to see. (laughs) That's what this is about. They want to claim that it's misinformation and, and they have no proof. Trust me, there's proof out there to show this, but they don't want it out there. They don't because Lord forbid that we know the facts around in the situation regardless of whether, I mean, I don't even think it's even possible to really overturn the election at this point at, at this point in time, but they don't even want you to know that the facts are there showing something like this. They don't want you to know that they don't want people to see it. They don't want it even happening. So once again, it's just another way for them to do that. In the meantime, get off of Twitter anyways. I mean, go to Gab. I'm on Gab there as well, because that's the only place where you're going to be able to have these, these free and open discussions and, and things where people aren't constantly trying to strip away information from the user base. That That is a major issue with censorship going on right there. And speaking of big tech, they're now all kind of working together to add users into this, what they're calling a shared counterterrorism kind of database that they're going to use to attack Conservatives, I, I would assume, at least in this situation. So, the report in here is showing that a, a counterterrorism organization formed by the biggest U.S. tech companies, and this is obviously including Facebook uh, and Microsoft, is one of the bigger two there, is significantly expanding the types of extremist content shared between firms in a key database aiming to crack down on material from white supremacists and far right militias. Now, you might be wondering, what are they considering as? A white supremacist. That's not me. Well, just newsflash, by the way, if you're a Christian, you're a white supremacist. Also, if you're a Trump supporter, you're a white supremacist. And if you're both of those, you might as well be a terrorist in their eyes because that's the way that they view you. Seriously. I, I mean, I'd love to be joking, but that's not a joke. That That's the way that they're going to use it to crack down on this. They're going to look and see whether you're a Christian and they're going to automatically use that as a way to say that this person is a part of this this regime or something else going on because The real white supremacists, by the way, they basically don't exist. It's such a small group of people that doesn't even really matter. Like it it doesn't matter, but they're going to be using this by the way, to kind of categorize a lump in all of these other people that are basically anywhere to the right of Karl Marx. That's the way this kind of works. Uh, Especially when they're talking about these right wing militias, whatever they want to even call that. Now big tech is also working hand in hand with the government to censor and track conservatives. So this database will be used by the Biden uh, administration as well, to possibly arrest political dissidents, people that they don't agree with. So this this shouldn't come as any surprise. By the way, this isn't too far off when you look at what took place on January 6th. So after the fact, there are right now hundreds of people that were at the Capitol on January 6th that are in jail today, right now, that committed no crime. They aren't even putting these people on for a trial because they have nothing to charge them with. Keep that in mind here. So there are a lot of people right now that literally uh, I was on the show with Bill Mitchell, uh, check his show out as well, but I, I was on his show uh, just yesterday and he was talking about this guy that literally just in to go to the bathroom. They got arrested and is still in jail to this day because he just stepped on, on, on side, inside the Capitol to go to the bathroom and they're basically charging him or trying to charge him with some type of trespassing, but they're just holding all of these people there for the longest period of time since that time. And, Nothing has come of it. They're just leaving them kind of to rot in prison at the moment. So this isn't too far off. Now, the thing is that the, the reality is that the department of justice is look, is looking to make new laws to, to persecute people with whom they politically disagree. That's what this has always been about. And they're calling it white supremacist, but eh, that is not really what it's about. So big tech is now helping them to do that. That's really what you're seeing. They're working hand in hand. And in addition to big tech, Payment sites are a part of this too, by the way. So PayPal recently announced that they are partnering with the ADL or the uh, anti-defamation league. And this is not a good combination. We know PayPal for a while now has been fairly left wing, but now with them partnering with the ADL, this is spelling for a lot of trouble. I can assure you of that. So this is based off of the financial, uh, uh, financial censorship and banning users Solely based off of political differences. That's what's going on. Now, the the report in here is showing, it says uh, today's announcement is uh, their partnership with the far left anti-defamation league. And it is not really introducing anything new. It's simply expanding what they already do. The expansion will reach more conservatives than before, allowing them to cancel accounts based on loose associations. And that last part about the loose associations is really where everyone should worry. Because what they're saying is if they're like, hey, you know, this guy either gave money to somebody that was running for Congress or whatever, that's a Republican, or just traded money with them or received money from somebody like that or whatever, they can literally use that association to say, you are banned. Or maybe they go further down the list. Maybe it's not even a direct contribution. Maybe it's somebody that you paid money to somebody that happened to also then send some money to some person that's a conservative. And then boom, they can kind of use that as a way to censor and take away your ability to pay any money. And the problem is that PayPal is used everywhere. I use PayPal all the time and, and it's it's used all over the place. And to see it being uh, basically compromised by the ADL, an organization that doesn't care about the facts, by the way, uh, they are extremely far left, extremely far left. So this is not a good sign if you're looking at payment groups. And, and really what kills me about all of this is that The left always told people, hey, you know what? If you guys don't like YouTube, build your own YouTube. If you don't like Twitter, build your own Twitter. If you don't like PayPal, build your own payment processor. Well, the problem is that every time that happens, it gets banned. They told us to build our own Facebook. They told us to build our own Twitter. We created Parler, and they took Parler down. Now Parler, besides them shooting themselves in the foot every second they get, is barely working at this point in time, and nobody's on the site anymore, really. So what are they supposed to do? Then Parler exists and what do they do? They take away the web service. They take them off the app stores. So what are we supposed to do now? Okay, we build our own uh, web service. Okay, so we, we've got our own web service now, but but what do we do if they just take away the internet? Are we supposed to build that too? At what point do they stop? So I know it looks like a, or it sounds kind of like it could be a slippery slope, but that's kind of what has already happened. We've already have been halfway down the slippery slope at this point, and this is just par for the course. So really when we're talking about uh, being an extremist or or if you think that you're not an extremist, think again, because they will somehow in some way in the future deem you to be that way, because that's the way that the world is going at this point. They truly, truly do not care about the actual facts surrounding the situation. So this episode's TikTok liberal tells you about all the ways in which you must address them, all of their pronouns and everything else
5: hey and thank you for asking so my pronouns are she her i also wanted to let you all know that i'm comfortable with both masculine and feminine gendered terms for those of you that don't know what gendered terms are some examples of masculine gendered terms are like dude or man So saying like hey dude or what's up man and some examples of feminine gendered terms are like hey girl hey queen that kind of stuff and as a side note i know some people use these in a gender neutral way i used to use dude a lot in a gender neutral way but it's important to remember even if you're planning on using them in a gender-neutral way they are still gendered terms. So some people may not be comfortable being called them. It's always best to ask. Second side note, even though I'm comfortable being called uh, feminine gendered terms, please don't call me cis if you're not another indigenous person unless I've invited you to. Cis is a term of endearment within the indigenous community that we use to identify each other. So I'm not comfortable being called it by non-indigenous people. Never call me cis in a sarcastic way.
0: Listen, if it takes you an entire minute to explain to people how they need to refer to you, how they shouldn't refer to you, then you have problems. It's what we call being entitled and feeling like you are the most important thing in the world. You can see how things are going in this direction. It's all about, I want to be unique, and here's how you must address me in every single way. Don't call me this. Don't call me sis, because this is only supposed to be referring to other people, so I might get offended if you call me that. It's absolutely preposterous. You know, I want to see these people get out out into the real world and deal with real people. Obviously, they'll just call them racist or sexist or something like that. But to really see, look, things aren't going to always go your way. We're not always in control of how people refer to us every second of the day. My name is William. Plenty of people may call me Willie, Will, Bill. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to get offended about the way that people are referring to me in my name. But the problem is is that a lot of people like this, these younger people feel like they are literally entitled and, and deserve to be called something a certain way. And it has to be this way or else. Or else you get canceled or else they will hate you or else they will be offended and you have to apologize. I mean, come on. Like if everybody in the world or the, everyone that you know has all of these different specific little stupid things that they need you to use to refer to them, you're gonna. how are you going to keep track? How are you going to possibly do that? I mean, the easy answer is that you're not going to be able to, which means you're going to mess up, which means you're going to have you're going to have to apologize for saying something wrong to the wrong person in a specific way. And then they want to say, hey, you know, people just saying guys or dudes, those even though people use them in a n- gender neutral way, there's still gender terms like, come on. The, the, the point is that all of those. Uh, all of the words and using that and and everything. When people say guys or something, no, nope. most people, I, I haven't even actually heard anyone in real life actually get offended by this. That's a woman that's in a group and they're like, Hey guys, or whatever. I've even heard women use the term, Hey guys, just to refer to just a group of people. And, and it's no big deal. Nobody says anything about it. I don't understand where these people pl- are planning on living their lives at because there's no way that they're going to be successful or be able to maintain any time in any career. They're going to get into the workplace. And immediately realize, oh, wait, people aren't worried about every little name in the book that I need to be called. I mean, at, at a certain point, you have to ask, you know, should these people just wear this long name tag that usually would just have your name? But in this case, it has he, him, she, her, except this, not sis, this, unless you're an indigenous person in parentheses. And all of these little things that we're supposed to go along with and assume that that's somehow going to make your life any better. Yeah, no. I I think we're going to pass on that one. At least I am. I really don't care. And you have so many of these people trying to pretend as if it matters. Once again, it's People that have belonged to this LGBTQ plus XYZ group and then they're all trying now to say, but I'm unique within this group now. I I have all of these little specifics now that you must refer to me as and that makes me special because that's all they really want. They want to be special, but the problem is that the second they get into a big group like that, they're no longer special at all, are they? Because they belong to a big group like the LGBTQ and everything else. So that's where you have the big problem happening. So she's trying to be like, look at look at how unique I am. And all these different ways of doing this is saying this. It's pure selfish entitlement. It's the worship of one's self. It's pride. Once again, these are the same people that named the pride Month after the deadliest sin. I mean, come on it's it's in the name it's it's right there in front of our faces you don't have to look far to see exactly what they're trying to do so with that being said that's all i have for you on the show thanks for watching or listening to this one i'm william hall and this is the william hall show